Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 47. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Cal, I wanted to cover a topic that I'm seeing all over Twitter, and it's crypto-related. So recently, you've seen Elon Musk, you've seen Gene Simmons, the rock star. They're tweeting about something called Dogecoin, and I know that coin from probably even when we used to work together. I remember downloading some. I would actually go on Reddit and exchange through PayPal for some Dogecoin in a wallet. And you must have seen it on Twitter recently. Have you heard of that? And what's your experience with it? Yeah, I've heard of it, actually. Not until relatively recently. So I'm not very, very familiar with Dogecoin, but Gene Simmons tweeted about it. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I know Snoop Dogg did, if I'm not mistaken, too. So quite the hot topic on it right now. Besides the fact that I know that it's a cryptocurrency, I don't know much else. I think it started off as a bit of a joke. I might be mistaken. Maybe you can tell me more. Yeah, you can go to dogecoin.com and essentially download a wallet. So it's a derivative of Bitcoin. And I don't know exactly how it came to be, but it was definitely more of a meme as a joke. And it was designed to make crypto accessible to everyone because of how much more out there in supply there was. So Bitcoin, as we've said, has 20 million coins in a totality of how many there will ever be. But for Dogecoin, there's 127 billion. So I did the math. It's about a 6,000x in terms of supply. And there's still, in terms of coins mined, I think 10,000 every minute. So for years, I've seen this. I've seen this on stock markets, on company valuations. Oh, it's worthless. It's worth nothing. But what makes it intriguing is that it's worth something today and it's worth the most it's ever been. So it recently hit about 13 cents Canadian at its peak, making it about 10 cents. This coin was probably a fraction of a penny, maybe even a third of a cent by the end of 2020. And I'm pretty sure it was an Elon Musk tweet that just tweeted about it and spiked it almost 20 or 30x. So it started slowly creeping up to two cents to eight cents, crashed back down to six or five. And now we've seen tweets. So we've seen tweets around there in the social sphere. I mean, there's been endless memes about it. And it's like a fun way to get rich by accident, as I want to call it, because it was never to be taken seriously. And the latest from Elon Musk Twitter is he bought some for his kids. So maybe when his kid's 50, he'll be a millionaire. Who knows? And I think that was always the allure of crypto, of a fighting chance of someone who has nothing in this world. You don't have to be born in the right country. You don't have to go to the right school. So I definitely recommend people to check that out. But speaking of crypto, I also wanted to bring up Ethereum. So Ethereum is the second largest market cap coin. And for our listeners, market cap of a company is the amount of shares times the price of the share. Is that right, Cal? So there's a market cap for every coin. So what is the price of a coin? And for Bitcoin as of this morning, just crossed $60,000 Canadian. That is wild. And Ethereum is trading at about $2,250, $2,300. So what is Ethereum's deal? If you want to do some heavy lifting, some research, 
Go look up the guy I said before, Andreas Antonopoulos. He's probably the most advanced, gives talks around the world and really can explain in immense detail about how the intricacies of crypto work. And we're not going to go that into depth today, but here's what's cool. So it's got a white paper and a white paper is very popular in the crypto space, almost like a one page letter on why something started, why an investment's done, why a company started. And I was reading through this one and some Wikipedia as well. And I was actually kind of proud. The founder of Ethereum is actually Canadian, a Russian immigrant. And I think he started Ethereum when he was 21. Waterloo dropout. There's a bunch of other founders. I know there's another prominent one who was a big real estate guy also in the Toronto area. So again, no excuses. Things are happening in our backyard. Go make something happen. If you're passionate about something, start working on it. But Ethereum, what I understood was when Bitcoin came out, it was the first of its kind. And it was so unique that people would just participate in it. They wouldn't add much to the project. They would just mine coins or hold coins. People would discuss what the future applications could be. People would debate its use case, which I know I talk to people who maybe weren't as exposed to Bitcoin, they maybe already had careers established and it took some convincing. A lot of people, I don't think, believed in it. But for the people that did and who wanted to work on this as a project, I think some people it grabbed more than others. And we talked about passion. This is a great example. The Andreas guy gives talks around the world and I think he gets paid in Bitcoin to do talks. Pretty cool. Super knowledgeable, educating businesses, schools, just spreading awareness of what it is, why it's important. So he's essentially like a public speaker. But the founder who goes by Vitalik, he decided, well, Bitcoin's interesting, but what if I could add a little bit more into this? And he made his own coin. So the basic version is Bitcoin is on a blockchain and blocks are mined. So people use computers to mine. And in mining, they all essentially verify every transaction on the blockchain and it's sequential and with enough mining power around the world, they essentially get this proof of work system to say transactions are valid. And what makes Bitcoin and blockchain so unique is that you can jump on the network anytime, you can be a node as it's called, or you can come off. So it's not centralized. It's not Google headquarters. It's not Facebook. It's not the NSA. We'll leave the conspiracy theories out of it, but it's so unique that way that it's the currency of the people. And what Vitalik wanted to do was add to this technology. And he said, well, what if we made a blockchain tech, so a new coin that could run code? And for the people who want to understand what his goal was, I think he wanted to make smart contracts. The biggest example is Let's say me and Cal make a bet who can run the fastest mile and we make an agreement and we can say, okay, well, if I win, I get the money. If Cal wins, he gets the money or I have to hit a certain time. Let's say if I win, but I have to be under six minutes or something like that. And that would essentially be a contract where there's conditions. And not only do I have to win, I have to hit a certain time. And that's what a contract with conditions is, right? So to be clear, I think the word smart comes from smartphone. So a smart contract is a contract on the internet. It's a contract in Ethereum. 
And the coin itself, the ticker, if you will, or the symbol is ETH. And I think the coins themselves are called Ether. So we would trade Ether amongst each other on the Ethereum platform. And why is this interesting? So why now? I would say it's been around since about 2015. Dogecoin, I think, was 2013. Bitcoin is maybe 09. So at the time, people thought, oh, this stuff's over with. It's done. But I would argue it's just getting started. The internet took 25 years to mature. And crypto is way younger than 25 years. And the internet had businesses established, multi-billion, trillion-dollar businesses. Would Apple have happened without the internet? I don't think so. Two trillion dollars? No way. The iPhone would not have happened without that kind of innovation happening. Apple's biggest value besides their ecosystem, I would argue, is the App Store, being able to access it. So the foundation of that company is built on the internet. What's going to be built on crypto? I think that's still up in the air. So if some of you out there want a business idea, go research crypto, go try and find something out about it. And you don't have to necessarily make your own coin, but I think there's lots of opportunity in terms of a next-gen business, right? So the idea with Ethereum was that you can add smart contracts and conditions, and these conditions will live on the blockchain, and you will have wallets just like in Bitcoin, but there will also be wallets that are a byproduct of these smart contracts. So the biggest use case I heard was things in escrow. So things like real estate transactions might go to crypto one day, things like any kind of auction or trade or things like that. And the value of this is that we may see a new platform for moving money, which has been discussed over and over, but never really broke through. And a couple of things I noticed. So Visa just announced maybe a week or two ago that they will give Bitcoin as a cashback reward for one of their cards coming out this year. And I think MasterCard did the same this morning. So it is definitely here to stay. Crypto is going to be very, very popular. Back in the day, there was a tip bot on Reddit and someone designed a bot to just tip Dogecoin, probably from their own wallet. And what they would do is if they liked your comment, they would just tip you money. And this was pennies at the time. I remember getting 100 coins. I did the conversion. That 100 at today's value is... $10. So let's pause for a second. Six years ago, I got tipped $10 on the internet for making a post. If that is not a use case for crypto, what else would be? The biggest value add to the internet besides sharing knowledge was there were these small apps like PayPal or banking apps. Now you have things like Cash App, you can send money. And the biggest challenge with these apps was they're nation specific. So you don't break down the barriers of, well, I don't trade in US dollar. So guess what? Cash app is not in Canada. And what was Facebook's biggest claim to fame? Everyone can make an account. So the future of crypto is international money. It's internet money. And the only question I have about its future value, there's about 1600 coins now, which one stays? There's different kinds. You can get coins for watching. I remember there was a promo I got, which was, hey, watch this video and we'll send you coins. I got some basic attention token, BAT, and those are sitting in my Coinbase account. I got $10 at the time. 
again, paid to watch a video. Now it's worth 33 this morning. So what's going on? There's a lot of money moving around. These coins tend to appreciate, which I think it kind of confuses people on, is it gold? Is it money? I don't transact with gold all the time. So I think it's a bit of both because it has the power to be exchanged so freely. It's digital. You don't have to store it anywhere except for a ledger in the cloud. So I think it breaks the definition of what we think money is. I think it really does. And I think it breaks the definition of what a store of value is, what's valuable in the future. So I would say everyone should be researching this. Everyone should own wallets. Everyone should try and play with it. I really think it's the future based on what I've seen. And I thought it was the future five, seven years ago. And now here we are. And looking back, I mean, I was getting paid for this stuff. So do you need a more clear use case than that? I would say no. I would say this is the 1980s first email ever sent or thing on the internet. It's still early, but in hindsight, people are going to say, well, yeah, that was obvious. We can debate, is it Amazon? Is it Yahoo that's going to win? Is it eBay, Google, those types of companies? But the technology is not going away. The adoption of this technology is not going away. The fact that Visa and MasterCard are letting people get this on a card, that's going to make this go very, very mainstream. And my only question is who's going to hold the wallet on those rewards points? Are they going to hold it for you? That's still debatable. But if you have a Bitcoin cashback card and you've never had Bitcoin before, now you're going to own some. I think those platforms will expose many people to them. And whether you understand what you have or not, I think will really broaden the amount of people that actually hold it. So Cal, Ethereum versus Dogecoin, do you see any future for crypto? What are your thoughts on what we just covered? I remember quite vividly the times that we used to talk about crypto in general. We even covered Ethereum, I remember, a few times, and that was years ago, like you said, even before the boom of 2017. So it's quite fascinating. And even though I have a basic understanding of cryptocurrency and very basic understanding of what Ethereum is, I still don't completely comprehend it. But I do see there's huge interest. They have huge potential in so many applications in the financial world and in the way we deal with money. And I did hear about Visa a while back, like you said, and about MasterCard. And I think they're going to be able to accept making payments using Bitcoin specifically. I do find Ethereum quite interesting. And to be honest, that's the first crypto that caught my attention, more so than Bitcoin for some reason. But Dogecoin, it's quite fascinating. I think also Mark Cuban, I heard, ended up buying some for his son as an educational purchase. And it's quite interesting to see how it turns out. And I do agree with you that crypto is here to stay, whether we like it or not, which ones are going to, like you said, stick around and still be around a few years from now. Who knows? I think there's those big players with the large market cap. I am curious in the sense of what more potential there is. I remember the first time the iPhone came out and a friend of mine who bought the iPhone was explaining to me how it works. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. But those applications that you're talking about, how many of them are there? That space ended up being huge. And you can download an app to do absolutely anything. It just shows the potential of how things turn out and how your phone became your computer that you carry with you everywhere. So I would like to think that crypto would have a similar effect that now, even though 
we see quite impressive use for what it can do. I do think that there will be some applications of cryptocurrency that will be beyond what we think is possible now. That's just my perspective. It shows that things are changing. I don't think things will happen overnight, that crypto will be the global currency in a year's time. I think it'll take many, many years, but I truly believe that we'll get there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know, like you said, that Bitcoin, there are 20 or 21 million globally. That's the most that it ever will be. There will never be more than that. So technically, it isn't like gold because gold, we don't exactly know how much gold there is. And if you're going to space or asteroid mining, you'll have access to quadrillion more tons of precious metals. And that can also change the possible valuation of it. And I do think that space mining is going to happen within our lifetime. So with Bitcoin, that's another story. So is Ethereum limited in the number of coins available? Or is it like similar to Bitcoin in that sense? Or are all coins that way? Or are there coins that you can keep producing? Do they work differently in that sense? So the supply of Ethereum, I just pulled it up on Google, was about 100 million coins last year. So already 5x Bitcoin's max. And there doesn't have to be one specific way to do things. Sears decided not to ship goods online. They would do, I think, catalog style shipping. And Amazon decided, well, we can do it better. And Amazon won. And Amazon's growing. I don't have a religion that way towards a specific coin, but I would just encourage people to research them all, research the big names. And with 1,600 coins, I'm sure there's a whole slew of different variants. And maybe we'll do a research episode on the different kinds and what categories they fall in and are they truly unique. Some coins I heard, like Litecoin derivatives, Bitcoin Cash, and all this are small incremental changes, but they essentially have very similar DNA. So I think Ethereum itself is unique enough with the contracts to make it different. What are the other coins doing? So I think we should do a follow-up episode sometime. I think we'll leave it there. I just wanted to do a quick intro on those two coins. They've been around in the news a lot. And there was an article I read online that said Reddit's going to integrate Ethereum into their platform. And I think Reddit has 100 million unique users a month, something like that. It's quite big. We may see the first Ethereum floating around that way. And I recommend getting wallets. There's mobile wallets people can download. So do some homework that way and go buy some. I really encourage it. I think everyone should get involved. We always talk about people getting involved in a certain space. I think the lowest friction way is to just go get a wallet and download some and maybe send some to a friend. The biggest controversy, by the way, for usage of crypto as free-flowing money has been the fees. And I think the fees get quite expensive. If you want to wait six to 24 hours or maybe half an hour, an hour, it's a lot cheaper, but still it's a non-zero dollar fee. And that's how these miners get paid, by the way, by getting blocks and there's fees for every transaction to pay miners. It's not without controversy, but very, very interesting. I would say the intrigue is undeniable. And now it's in the celebrity sphere. Can you think of a bigger influence than Twitter celebrities? Some of the big accounts there, I think between that and Instagram, even if 10 or 20% of someone's followers decide to go take a look, it's going to double, triple or 5, 10x the amount of wallets out there for sure. Definitely exciting stuff. I'm going to be looking into it this weekend. Awesome. 
So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 47. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.